0: Hello everyone, we have a special announcement today. T. A. Lore has written a full novel-length adaptation of the adventure in Existential Crisis. This is great news. Now you can find a comfy spot and experience this reality-bending adventure as written word. Here is the back of the book and then a brief excerpt. I'll read you chapter one. The back of the book, entangled realities, Temporal tampering, and an interdimensional sphinx, weirdness has run amuck in Nikimui where sinister schemes are afoot. When Pidge, Borb, and Nesgrax wake from a strangely realistic dream, all three intrepid adventurers must set forth in search of answers. Unfortunately, in pulling at loose threads, they quickly find themselves ensnared by a more complex mystery than anything they could have imagined. In fact... They may be forced to unravel the very fabric of existence in order to escape. They really are in a pickle this time, or at least pickles are somehow involved. Here's a brief excerpt. Chapter 1. A Long Road Homish. The carriage trundled along, negotiating a well-worn track of criss-crossing ruts. Dappled sunlight painted the forest path ahead and behind— A stiff breeze whistled through the gnarled boughs, and evergreens swayed, sweeping the earth with a calming swish. Here and there, a few palms mixed with maples, interrupting the pines. Inside the carriage, Pidge dozed against one of the windows. Every time the wheels crossed over a route or jumped track, her forehead bumped against the glass, and she scowled, just a little bit displeased, already tired and sore from adventuring, trying to sneak a short rest. She adjusted her position, scrunching down to lean against the plush upholstery. That's better, she thought, savoring the dusty, soft scent of crushed velvet. Being a three-foot-tall rock gnome certainly had its advantages. Unlike her companions, she could easily stretch her full length and shift in her seat without falling off. As Pidge dozed, Nesgrax lounged with one of his boots on the opposite cushion. He bent forward, studying the design of his footwear. He couldn't remember buying the boots. Probably drunk, he decided. They wouldn't be his first tipsy acquisition, nor would they be his last. At least he had exquisite taste. Drunk or not, he'd picked nice shoes. The supple leather molded around his taloned toes, and the prominent embroidery brought out hints of gold in his coppery dragon scales. Of course, it helped that the cobbler had imbued the stitching with a whisper of magic, preserving the materials against moisture and mud. Finding shoes to fit over his claws was always a challenge, as was selecting tunics to pull over his horns. But he fancied himself up to the task. He always did his best to keep up appearances. He dropped his foot back to the floor and picked between his teeth with a claw. Are we there yet? he asked. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Neither of his guildmates replied, so he dug through his satchel and extracted his prized Tome of Shadows. Fine, I can pass the time reading. Pidge can sleep, I can read. He needed to understand more about magic, especially now that he had some of his own. While Nesgrac settled in with his book, Borb sniffled, licked his dribbly minotaur nose, and stared out the window. He hunched on the rear-facing seat by himself. "'squished into a corner of the carriage so as not to crowd the others. "'He tossed his head with a snort and accidentally tore a long strip out of the roof. "'A small tuft of padding stuck to the end of a horn, and he batted it off, "'shaking his muzzle in frustration. "'The walls pressed in. The air tasted stale. "'He rolled down one of the windows and stuck his head out, tongue-lolling. "'He savoured a breath of fresh air.' In the distance, a few birds rose and dove in formation, and a lackadaisical breeze teased his nose, lifting the musk off his fur and mixing it with the scent of fresh earth. Now and then, he caught a whiff of perfume as they passed a patch of wildflowers. He snuffled and grinned. Traveling through the forest helped remind him of simpler times, long nights spent outdoors, camping with only his cape and his loincloth between him and the cold. As Borb drifted on fragments of memory, a faint rumbling reached his ear. A second passed before it repeated, vaguely reminiscent of thunder. "'Me think a storm coming,' Borb mumbled. Nesgrex paused in the process of unpeeling two wine-drenched pages. In place of papyrus or paper, his precious tome of shadows had been sewn out of eyelids, each folio stitched to the vertebrae of a bleached bone spine." A literal spine. Presumably some demon's idea of a joke. He shrugged. So? Absently, he doodled a unicorn in one of the book's margins, trying and failing to compensate for the bloody aesthetic of a particularly sinister sheet. You probably heard your own stomach. Not stomach. Storm, Borb insisted. Listen to rumbles. Sure enough, the rumbling grew louder, closer, trembling up through the wheels and into the carriage. Instinctively, Borb's fur stood on end, but he couldn't see any clouds in the sky to explain what he heard. Nesgrax paused mid-doodle. You think it'll rain? Borb scowled, chewing over the question. Not sure. Very strange. He couldn't taste any rain on the wind. Only a few light wisps of vapor hung in the afternoon light, floating across the azure expanse like ribbons adrift on a pond, each tickled pink by the onset of sunset. Thunder rumbles like storm, but sky wrong for thunder. Perhaps we should look for a shelter. Nezgrax closed his book, glanced up, and chuckled. He sat back with a sigh "'pleased to remember they were all perfectly safe inside a plush covered carriage. "'You got me, Borb,' he said. "'You had me worried we'd get wet, but I suppose we can just keep going. "'Storm or no storm, we'll be fine.' "'He returned to his book and his doodle, "'and yet something still bothered him about the whole situation, "'left him feeling on edge. "'Thinking back to the day's adventures,' All the fighting and running, the details blurred together into a tired, muddled haze. "'Short adventure,' Borb grunted, pulling his head back inside. "'All good, though, me suppose. The horses find home on their own. Auto horses. Homing horses. Big help without driver.' He offered Nesgrex a friendly shrug. "'Me generally prefer it when nature makes sense. Tree look like tree.' Storm look like storm, and problems, no matter big or small, all fall before axe. But we fine. Probably fine. Fine enough. Fine-ish. Nesgrac squinted at Borb. My enormous friend, you say things are fine, but you seem bothered. Nesgrex stuck a quick peek out the window. Admittedly, I'm rather new to this whole adventuring thing. If it's not a natural storm, perhaps it's something else, something dangerous. Do you think we should stop and make camp? Maybe look for a pub or a tavern?" Nesgrax wasn't sure if the rumbling boded ill, but a rest stop would have food, drink, a soft bed, and fresh clothes, all of which sounded better than spending another night on a root-cluttered road. We should probably err on the side of caution and figure out where we are. He had a vague sense they'd been traveling for a long time, but specifics eluded him. Memories toyed with his mind, fluttering like sparrows, dipping and diving, keeping just out of reach. Studying a map would be good. A slight mist gathered around the carriage, and Nesgrac shivered. Pidge mumbled in her sleep, words sputtering into a snore. Borb grinned. He nudged Pidge with one of his hooves. Wakey, Pidge, he said. Eh? What? Pidge mumbled. More minutes, more minutes. Wakey! Borb reached across the carriage, thick arm spanning the distance with ease. He pinched her nose. Wakey, Pidge, wakey! Yah! Pidge woke with a start and slapped Borb's hands away from her face. What a horrible way to wake up! She scowled, rubbed at her nose, and glared. Borb chortled, his laughter shaking the carriage. Nesgrax folded his talons together, resting them atop the cover of his book. Pidge, Borb says a storm's coming. So? I think we should stop. Set up shelter, or else find a tavern or town. Take a break. Do you know where we are?" How would I know? Pidge blinked. Fog seeped out of the trees, surrounding their carriage in a gray haze. I was asleep. You've both been awake. What was the last landmark we passed? Nesgrax tried to remember. Borb shrugged. Not sure. Many trees. Mix of trees. Blur of green passing by. Meadows and streams. You don't know? Pidge sat up and peered out the window. Best she could tell, studying the forest, its foliage, and surrounding terrain, they were still at least a few hours from the guildhall in Nicomoy. Probably more. The two horses pulling their carriage, Uber and Lyft, usually made decent time, able to navigate home without a driver to guide them but something felt wrong. I don't like this, Pidge said, keeping an eye on the trees as they entered a meadow. I don't like this at all, but we should be okay. Our carriage is covered. Her voice wavered, uncertain, but Nesgrax missed it. He pounded a fist on the cover of his book and laughed. That's what I said! (laughs) He leaned back in his seat with a casual slouch. Even so, though, I thought... He licked his sharp teeth and smacked his lips. Perhaps a chance to stretch, bathe, grab a drink, change our clothes, check a map. It might do us some good, you know? Otherwise... His sentence trailed off, swallowed by rumbling as a tremor passed through the earth, shaking the carriage. All three travelers stared outside, searching for a source. Nothing. Nothing. After a minute of silence, the rumbling returned, growing louder and stronger. The storm wasn't really a storm. Even Borb could tell. The air was too dry, and the rumbling felt like it was rising from inside the earth. This bad, Borb said. Ground rumbles. Ground angry. Pidge hopped atop her cushioned seat and crouched, glaring at the carriage floor. Whatever it is, it's rising. It's... She didn't know what they were about to face, but clearly they'd run out of time to prepare. Here, Pidge said. She unzipped her bottomless fanny pack and reached inside, summoning one of her magical artifacts. A wooden broom flew to her hand. She held it out to her guildmates, clutching the age-sanded grain of the handle. You two, she said. This is, uh, this is... the name eluded her. It's an anti-gravity sweeper thing, capable of carrying two people. Take it. We need to get off the ground. Now. Borb shook his muzzle and pointed to the cape clasped around his thick neck. The satiny fabric fluttered as if in response, then settled around his broad shoulders again. Me have cape, he said. Magic cape. Me can fly and fight. No need of that sweeper stick. Okay. Pidge turned to Nezgrax, offering the broom once more. Take it quick. Please. Nezgrax swallowed, trying to hide the shake creeping into his hands. He tucked his Tome of Shadows inside his cloak, securing it within a secret pocket, and seized the broom. Thanks. The second his talons clasped the handle, Pidge released and kicked open one of the carriage doors. She closed her eyes reaching for a thread of her magic, and jumped. Thankfully, her short rest had replenished her strength. She envisioned the form of a bird. Her limbs bent and changed, tingling as they reformed into talons and wings. Air caught beneath her stiff feathers, and she rose, flapping away from the road as a peregrine falcon. On the opposite side of the carriage, Borb kicked open his double set of gilded doors. Splinters flew as he tumbled out. At first, it seemed as though he might face-plant directly into the dirt, but his cape unfurled. The fabric caught and supported his weight. His fall changed into a slick roll, and he rose in defiance of physics. Nesgrax hopped to talk the broom and followed Borb. Unlike his two companions, he'd never learned to fly by magical means. His claws dug into the broom handle as it lifted his weight, and he clung on for dear life. If they survived this strange confluence of chaotic circumstance, he hoped Pidge would forgive him for scoring the wood. The three of them gained altitude as fast as they could, each in their own way. Below, the rumbling gave way to an explosion— Chunks of earth erupted in every direction, blasting the carriage aside. Both horses whinnied and flailed as they flew, having been thrown from their feet. An armored, twisting mass emerged from the dirt beneath where the carriage had been. A hiss escaped the creature's mandibles as it revealed itself to be an inky blue insect, unlike anything Pidge and Nesgrax had ever seen unfathomably large and constantly shifting, emerging, expanding. The segmented creature scuttled forward, rearing up, supporting its weight on hundreds upon hundreds of sharp, plated legs. Its exoskeleton gleamed, shimmering in the late afternoon sun. Pidge may have described it as pretty, if not for the size of its jaws, the razor-sharp crest of thick spines down its back, and the hunger in its pitch-black eyes. A light of intelligence shone through those abyssal pools as it snapped at Nesgrax. He banked wildly, trying to control the course of his flight. For an instant, he thought he spied a shadowy figure watching them from the edge of the forest below, but it vanished. Pidge! Borb! Nesgrax called, narrowly avoiding the monster's sharp pinchers. "'What kind of insect? I mean, I'm not good at nature, but bugs are supposed to be small, no?' "'This!' he leaned left, shifting his weight on the broom to bank and roll as the beast's head swayed toward him, pincers snapping at the hem of his cloak. "'It's huge, and it's mad!' "'It's still getting bigger!' Borb added, pointing down. "'Still emerging, expanding, both bad, very bad.' With each passing instant, the creature grew in size and length, much of its body still coiled beneath the earth, braced against bedrock to support the swaying of its head. Me think it called... Borb searched his brain for the word, unsure if or where he'd ever heard it before, certainly not in a book. Sentisect, he said, lives deep in big tunnels, eats cities, retreats, mean buggy. "'The horses!' Pidge exclaimed. Her voice came out as the screech of a falcon, so she focused on repeating her words mentally, transmitting her intent to her friends. "'I forgot about Uber and Lyft! Will it eat them?' With the vision of her current form, a peregrine falcon, she searched the ground below, taking in every flower, pebble, and rogue blade of grass. No sign of the horses.' A broken wheel lay in a patch of witch elder. Hoofprints led off toward the forest, framed by ruts and pieces of carriage. Borb, do they eat horses? Are those horse-eating mouthparts? If it's hungry enough and it can't snack on us... She saw a flash of recognition twist Borb's goofy expression into a grimace. Are they going to be hunted for dinner? Don't know, Pidge. We fight, or find out. Oh dear. Don't worry, Nesgrex called. He swooped and spun, dodging attacks. It seems plenty focused on us at the moment. I suppose we could try flying off. Retreat and regroup? No retreat, Borb yelled, without waiting for his guildmates to voice any further objections, worries or tactical concerns, Borb unstrapped his axe from his back hefted the two-handed weapon, and dove toward the hissing monstrosity, bellowing, Die, Buggy! Die! So brave, Pidge called. Borb swung, surrendering to his rage. Fury helped fuel his attack, and his axe lodged in one of the creature's yellow spikes, cracking the defensive shell. He pulled the blade free and struck again, but missed as the beast shifted. The second blow glanced off, and he spun. The creature writhed. It knocked Borb aside with its head and battered him toward the ground. Oh, no! Pidge cried, torn between her desire to make peace, invite the shiny, unique creature for tea, and her fundamental need to protect her friends. The centisect initiated conflict, she reasoned. If we don't stop it here, it could attack somewhere else, destroy a small town. Ah, We're committed to this. We are now, Nezgrax muttered, but at least Borb's onslaught had given him a chance to rise out of range. Also, something in the creature's multifaceted eyes glimmered with focus and deadly intent. They couldn't just turn tail and leave it for somebody else to face. Now what? We join in, Pidge replied, circling the sky. Problem is, I can't do it like this. Her shape as the bird offered sight and speed, excellent agility for escape, but few offensive options. Also, flying required concentration. In order to fight, she had to choose a new form. Shedding her feathers and wings, Pidge plummeted toward the meadow surface, transforming as she fell. Her bones solidified, muscles stretched, and jaws expanded, lengthening to house row upon row of fearsome fangs. "'Claws grew from her fingers and toes. "'Her skin became scales. "'Time for Tank Pidge!' she muttered, "'landing on her strong rear legs with a tremendous thud. "'Her new body filled out, and she tossed her head back, "'indulging in a mighty roar. "'She stood face to face with the beast at its level, "'having morphed into the largest, strongest, fiercest creature "'she could conjure to mind in that moment.' Pidge Rex, she said, a creature no one ever needs to defend. Pidge tested the snap of her jaws and glared at the insect, eye to eye with the monster, realizing a little too late that she'd dropped within reach of its pinchers. Oops. Well, better tactics for next time, she vowed, well aware that she and her guildmates rarely prioritized battle strategy and combat technique when surprised by a threat. Generally speaking, though, courage and teamwork saw them all through. Pidge braced her feet, talons digging into the soil. The centisect glared and stretched, pulling more of its body from the hole until it towered above her, seeming to grow in response to each threat, sprouting more segments, waving more legs. Even standing in the form of a tyrannosaurus, an ancient, semi-mythical monster said to have originated on an alternate plane, Pidge felt tiny. Uh Uh-oh. The centisec twisted and shivered. It reared back its head and threw Borb across the meadow, turning its full attention on Pidge Rex. She ducked, wincing in anticipation of the creature's bite. Its pincers missed her neck, but clamped around her shoulder, paralyzing one of her arms and holding her fast. Pain fired along her nerves. Nesgrex watched, unsure what to do, He'd never fancied himself much of a warrior, until recently he'd never been involved in anything more significant than a tavern brawl, though he had some experience with passive-aggressive rebukes and tongue-lashings. Now, his new friends needed help. They needed backup, support, and he needed to prove he fit in at their guild. He was more than some drunken ex-lord on a bender. Spiraling deeper and deeper into self-destructive despair, he was a hero. True, he lacked combat experience, he lacked Pidge's skill and Borb's impressive strength, but he possessed something else. Thanks to the deal he'd made, he had magic, more than he knew how to harness or control. "'What spell should I cast?' he called out but no one could tell him the answer. He thought back to his studies, the few spells he had managed to learn. Words gathered in his mind and flowed from his forked tongue as he murmured an incantation, summoning a blast of pure energy which he cast, hoping to immobilize the monster. Power rippled from his right hand and flew through the air to strike the creature's side. The centisect hissed and recoiled, freeing Pidge. "'Nice!' Nesgrax yelled, gaping in disbelief. "'Wasn't sure that would work!' He summoned more power and repeated the incantation, casting another blast. "'Look at me!' he crowed. "'Take that! Ha!' His second pulse made glancing contact, scorching the monster's exoskeleton. Another went up its nose. "'Gotcha!' Nesgrax gloated. He'd scored a direct hit. Not bad for his first-ever battle." The centisect twisted and glared. Nesgrax met its gaze. He saw the pure hatred stewing in its beady eyes, and every unuttered taunt froze in his throat. A tremor traveled through the creature. It ruffled its skeletal plating and sneezed. Then it rose even taller, snapping at where Nesgrax hovered, precariously perched astride his borrowed broom. Crap! Guys! Borb shook off his injuries. Sticking with the tried-and-true method of hitting things and hitting them hard, he launched himself back into the fray, swinging his axe. He struck the exact same spot as before, and this time the edge bit deep, wedging into the crack he'd already made. Grah! he exclaimed, wrenching every muscle he could. Smash! The spike toppled off and hit the ground with a triumphant thud. "'Wow! Go Borb!' Pidge roared in delight. "'But it's angry now!' Nesgrax cautioned. "'Just saying, watch out!' Sure enough, the the monster rounded on Pidge. Seeing its fury, she immediately recalled why, despite having sharp teeth and fearsome jaws, Tyrannosauruses weren't necessarily the best form to take in battle. She had a lethal bite and a deadly tail, but piddly arms for defense.' She'd expected to have a size advantage, but the centisect just kept expanding. Oh well, she sighed, shrugging her tiny arms, and wincing when the motion strained her bloody shoulder. I can still take a bite of its armor. Here goes something. She lunged preemptively, clamping her teeth around the monster's inky blue shell. Her teeth screeched across against the overlapping segments, sliding off without taking effect. Oof, my bad. She wished she could cover her ears, but her arms were too short. The monster hissed and raised itself up on a collection of rear legs, snapping with its pinchers. Borb zipped around its head, shouting insults until he spied an opening and dove toward an exposed section of neck plating. He connected and drew blood. Unfortunately, as he swung, the monster twisted and caught him in its jaws, pinning his arms to his sides. Straining with every fiber of his being, Borb managed to steal one last breath of free air before the pinchers crushed into his chest, piercing through the protection of his clothes and his cape. "'Bad bug thing,' he cursed, wasting a precious whisper of oxygen. "'Borb!' Nesgrax called. He summoned a sharp gust of wind, extracted the moisture, and cast a bolt of ice at the monster." Let him go, beastie! I'm up here! But the ice shattered harmlessly and showered off. A few shards even melted on impact, dribbling down to the ground. A bellow escaped Borb as the creature pinned him to the earth. Its dark, oozing blood burnt through his cloak and singed his fur, steaming in an inky blue puddle around him. Yuck, he complained. Yuck! Yucky yuck. He reached into the creature's mouth and managed to pry the jaws apart. His cloak unfurled and lifted him free of the gore, but instead of retreating, he swung with reckless abandon, hacking and slashing. Die! Nice! Pidge lunged and bit down on the monster again. This time, blood oozed past her teeth, scorching the inside of her mouth. Smoke! rose from her nostrils. Nasty though, absolutely disgusting, gross. You all right, Pidge? Nesgrax asked. I might have to floss, she replied, stubbornly holding her bite as long as she could. The blood burns, ouch, she reeled back, spitting. Nezgrax circled high above, using his weight to steer. He racked his brain for another powerful spell, Something about holding, restraining, trapping a danger. I think I can give you a shot, but you'll have to act fast, Nezgrax called. Ready? Borb hefted his axe. Ready. Fury fed strength directly into his muscles. He shook blood from his fur and pawed at the air, positively steaming against a backdrop of sunset. Now, Nezgrax shouted. Using the last of his available magic, he murmured a spell, pulling the words from the back of his mind as though dragging them from the reaches of a half-remembered dream. Tendrils of power flowed from his claws and knotted into an invisible net. He cast the weave over the monster and cinched the strands tight, locking its coils in place. I've got it! Go now! Hurry! Borb saw his chance. With another cry of, Die buggy he dove past the monster's pincers into its mouth and directly down the creature's throat spinning in circles while slashing with his axe becoming a metal tornado a blur of horns and red fur the edge of his weapon bit deep into the unprotected flesh and he pressed the advantage he pressed the advantage gritting his teeth die he shouted "'Die, die, die!' He severed the creature's spine and light filtered down as the head toppled off. "'Dead, buggy, fun!' (laughs) Nezgrax blinked away darkness as strength ebbed from his fingers. His breath came hard and fast. "'I can't hold. I'm losing. Dead or not, it wants to spasm. It—move!' He fought for every second of control, nearly slipping from his borrowed broom. He stared down at his claws, clamped to the handle, slick with the frost on his scales. He blinked again. I can't—Pidge, I can't— He lost his grip on the spell and the broom all at once. Below, the freed beast spasmed out of control, striking Pidge Rex. She stumbled, losing control of her dinosaur form. Nesgrax managed to regain his hold on the broom, barely, and dove toward the ground where Pidge lay on the grass, vulnerable and alone, a weakened three-foot-tall rock gnome in the path of a writhing, steaming monstrosity. Borb, left, Borb leapt to her side as well, but they were both too late. They simply couldn't reach her and save her in time. The world seemed to slow around them, as though every action and reaction moved through molasses. The three guildmates strained against time, trying to reach each other and escape from under the impact, but they remained frozen, trapped there like insects in amber. Headless and teetering, the centisect toppled toward them, almost as if part of some otherworldly cutscene, filling their vision. Woof! It finally landed, and everything went black. And that ends Chapter 1 of the novelization of an existential crisis. Please support us and pick up your copy of An Existential Crisis from Amazon.com and tell your friends about us. Thank you! HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.amazon.com forward slash DP forward slash B095 MJH24K or search for an existential crisis by T.A. Lore.